What's the difference between forecasting and predictive analytics? I can tell you from experience that those two are like night and day. They use different methodologies, different principles, and different ways of giving you an understanding of what is going to happen in the future. Hey, this is Caleb and you're listening to the Healthcare Analytics Podcast. With me, who does a lot of the work in research and editing and everything else, is my teammate Tatsuya Murao. There's this process called budgeting, and it happens usually from October to December, where everybody gets together and everybody gives their forecast about what is going to happen in the next year. What this relies upon is relies upon previous year's data and the year before, and most likely than not, Everybody who is a manager of a specific team has to give their budget or forecast for their their expenses, their revenue, any other costs. And usually all of those things get rolled up into what they call a master budget. And that master budget is then rolled up all the way to the top of the organization for the leadership at the very top to understand, to pick apart, and to analyze. And if they don't like that top budget, then they'll go all the way back down to the bottom and explain why this is inadequate and why you need to increase your numbers or need to decrease your expenses for this coming year. And that's usually how it's done. Forecasts aren't necessarily bad. What they are is a way to keep leaders committed to the numbers that they first set out to accomplish. And so it's very, very useful if you say, hey, you committed to bringing in $1 million, $2 million, and we're halfway through the year and we're not even halfway through that goal. So it's a good way to do that, but it's not really good at predicting what's going to happen in the future. And to give you a couple examples, most predictions that happened between 2019 and 2001 were totally bogus, meaning that they probably and most likely didn't even hit the the minimum criteria. And the reason why is because the economy, the environment, everything else was so out of whack that there was no other previous years to compare to what happened in those years during COVID when a lot of changes are going to take place. And so forecasts work for the majority of time if you think that this year is going to be the same as last year or the year before. But Most likely than not, as we go forward in the future, there will be more and more anomalies that will take us off guard. And if you want to understand how to predict events when times are uncertain, then I would recommend certain authors that talk about long-tail events or events that occur rarely but are very, very powerful. And one of the main authors that, that I've read that has been really helpful for me to understand random variables, how random events can totally skew results, is Nassim Taleb. And he comes from a very different background than most academics. He comes from a trading background where he had to test out his theories in real life. I would recommend a couple books from him. The first one is Fooled by Randomness, which is a precursor to understanding how random events occur. The second is a very well-known book called The Black Swan, which most individuals know about if they're in uh, the field of business, healthcare, etc. But I would like to go back to the idea of forecasting and why it's different than predictive analytics. Forecasting is essentially what happens when a leader puts their finger to the wind and 
tries to make a prediction about what's going to happen in the future. And in my experience, having worked with many directors and leaders in different organizations and industries is what happens is those leaders fundamentally just do a percentage-based analysis. So they say, this year or this quarter, we're going to do 2 or 3% better than the previous quarter. They'll write that number down and hope that number is good enough for those who are above them in the organization. And typically this works fine because if everybody does this, if everybody literally puts their finger to the wind and sees what direction they want to go, then everybody is lost, but everybody has the same method of doing so. So in that way, nobody is taking really much risk because they are using a method that's proven and that everybody has done in the past and they're just doing a percentage-based analysis. And if circumstances are way off and the entire business is affected, then nobody within the organization can be blamed because it was unforeseen. And so developing a forecast like this is just as good as having one that's just the year before. Might as well say we're going to do just as great as the year before and there we go without making any inputs into that factor. And so the only factor that you're predicting upon is have you done better than last year or the previous period or are you going to do the same as the previous period? That's all you're really asking in that kind of scenario. But predictive analytics is different because what it does is it uses statistics and data to make predictions about what's going to happen in the future. It can use different variables that you can control that can skew results one way or the other. And so it allows you to build a range for the confidence of what you think you're going to do as an organization in terms of revenue, expenses, uh, hiring, etc., So even if you are doing forecasting that requires everybody to essentially predict their number for the next quarter, year, etc., then you can also use predictive analytics to augment this process. And so you can have a predictive analytics model that takes in data that is objective, that has been tested as accurate for the past two, three, four years and build a predictive model that says, what if we want to decrease expenses by this amount? Then what will our profit be? What if we expand into this area? What do we perceive it to be? And you can use statistics and math to predict those things instead of an individual who is making a guess. And even if it's a guess, maybe it's the best guess they can be. But it's a different process to make a guess than to have a predictive analytics model that uses statistics. As a leader, one of the questions that I get is how do we build a predictive model that fits our needs, that can accurately predict what is going to happen in the future? And that is something that's very, very difficult. But one of the first steps is to have a strong understanding of statistics as your foundation, because fundamentally, Anything in AI, data science, is built upon statistics. And if you don't understand statistics, that's where I would start. And a greater level of understanding will allow you to be able to communicate with those leaders and executives within your organization, as well as communicate with your data scientists what you need to implement and how it needs to be implemented. Within five to 10 minutes of working with a specific client, I can tell their proficiency in analytics, what tools they're using, and what they need to do to take the next step. And most leaders are not at the place to where they've gathered the data available 
in order to make predictive analytics a reality within their organization. Most leaders are not even thinking about making predictions and building predictive models. Most leaders are really dedicated to finding the data that can be delivered to them on a daily, weekly, or monthly basis that only gives them what's going on right now or or a trend that has been done from the past to the present. And there are very few organizations that are looking at predictive analytics and using predictive analytics to make key decisions for their organization. But that's where the true value lies, and that's where the next frontier of analytics is, is in predictive analytics, AI, and everything that comes from those two things. Once you understand how statistics and how predictive analytics can be used, then it's easy to push the envelope of what your organization can do. You can then decide, hey, we are building this IT infrastructure so that we can leverage data in the best way possible. You can then start to gather data scientists around you that are competent in building predictive analytics models and building AI models that will be able to meet your needs in the future. I would like to take the rest of the time in this episode to explain a few different concepts of predictive analytics, how it can help you and different tools that you can use so that you can start on the path of developing your own predictive analytics models. I'd like to start with a fundamental concept called overfitting versus underfitting. If you know anything about data science or analytics, then you know exactly what I'm talking about. But essentially, without getting further into the weeds, overfitting is when you use past data to strongly sway what is going to happen in the future. And so what this means is that you're using data points that are more stringent than you need to have. Likewise, if you're underfitting, what it means is that you're loosely following the past, but it does not have as much predictive value. And what you want to do is you want to have a model that is not overfitting or not underfitting, meaning that you don't want a model that is too stringent and relying on the past, but you don't want a model that is too loosely associated with the past. You want a model that gives you a good amount of predictive ability without closely following the past or loosely following the past. You want it to be able to be flexible when it comes to a variety of variables in the future. Because if you tie your model to a stringent amount of variables, then what will happen is that in the future, it will be tied too closely to those variables. So one example of overfitting was the example that I gave in the beginning of this episode, where I was talking about our budgeting process where we would have to get information from all the managers and all the information went up to the executive team and back down. That every single data point was reliant on something that they thought was possible. But when you have something like a change in a a specific price or a regulation change or whatever, then the entire model is no good because of it overfitting. That there was one component that wasn't taken into account that made the model less flexible. So you want flexibility in your model, but not too much flexibility. And that's what overfitting versus underfitting means. There are other things that you need to think about when you're developing predictive analytics. And the other is what tools will you use to deliver predictive analytics? How will it be used within your organization? 
An easy way to stand up a predictive analytics model is to have user inputs on an interface that's very easy to, to understand or manage. And then behind the scenes, you're using a model that uses data on the back end to be able to input those specific user inputs and uses that as a component of your model on the back end. And so your predictive model will then use the components of your user inputs on the front end as well as the big data or the data sets that it's using on the back end. And it will then deliver the output that you're using or the output that you need. There are many different ways that you can build predictive analytics tools, but two different programming languages that are very common is Python or R. R is one of the most classic ways of developing a predictive model and has been used in statistics, in academia, and within uh, organizations for a very, very long time. In the past 10, let's say 15 years, Python has been able to catch up to heavy predictive analytics models and or languages like R. And Python is a great programming language because it can be used not only for predictive analytics, but is used alongside of other languages. It plays nice with a lot of other components that you want to build within your organization, as well as the ability to be heavily based in math and statistics. So going forward in the future, there are a lot of developers and us included at Arcos Analytics who use Python more than R or anything else. And Python can be used within different tool sets like a data visualization tools like Power BI or Tableau or Azure or AWS. And Python is almost more native than R at this point. So if you were to start from scratch, I would recommend Python over R for a variety of different reasons. But you have to make the choice between Python or R and or any other languages that come out. But usually any organization will have a group of developers who use a specific stack of tools. And that specific stack or knowledge base will include different programming languages. And so you need to have a great understanding as a leader what you can do in order to achieve your results. What tools do you need in order to develop the predictive analytics models that you need? And so there's a couple things here. There's there's overfitting versus underfitting. There's different programming languages you can use to develop predictive analytics models. But the other is how will you use it within your organization? What will your predictive analytics models do and where does it achieve the highest value right now? Where can you deliver the highest value for your patients, for your staff members, for healthcare leaders, and your executives within your organization? That's something that you're going to have to figure out and where you're going to have to start. Because if you can begin with the things that are the most easy to predict or the low-hanging fruit in this example, then you'll be able to prove out how predictive analytics can help you and your organization. And so think about it like a forecast. You come in in the morning and maybe you can see the past data of what's going on today and what's going on for this week. And you can use a predictive analytics model like you're using a forecast, like a weather forecast, for example. So it doesn't need to be 100% accurate, but you can build in expectations about what this week, this month, this quarter can look like. 
And once you view it like that, then it's a very, very useful tool. Like, for example, if I want to go out and garden this weekend and, and do some yard work, then I would like to know if it's going to be hot like in the 90s or if it's going to be in the 70s, if it's going to be raining or snowing, etc. And so a predictive analytics model can help you understand what the future environment is most likely to look like. But what drives a predictive analytics model is the data that's underneath it. If you don't have good data and haven't managed great data, then it's very, very difficult to build predictive analytics models on top of the data. And so 80% of the organizations that we've worked with at Arcos Analytics is just at the step of making sure that their data is at the place they want it to be. Because of this, it requires a lot of thought about the data infrastructure that they want to build out. And once they have a great infrastructure, then they can then think about other things like predictive analytics, AI, and anything else that comes after that. But the first step is having the, the right data. And what we have found is that once you have the right data, then you can then use that data for many different predictive analytics models. And if your data sets are set up in the correct way, then you can reuse those data sets for different kinds of predictive analytics. So think about it if you have a patient table or a patient data set that is secure and safe and meets all the requirements that you have within your organization. You can then use that patient data set for a variety of different things. You can use it for predicting your, your patient load in the future. You can use it for predicting the cost per patient. You can use it for understanding what staff you're going to need for the patient load that you expect in the future. All of these things can be built just based on patient data that you have. And they are different models that you need to build out with independent variables and independent concepts and or ideas. But what you need to do is understand that data comes first. After the data, then the most valuable thing you can do with the data is build models that can help you make better decisions. And that's where predictive analytics comes in. It essentially allows you as a leader to make better decisions within your organization. And it can be the catalyst to allow you to elevate your organization from a organization that is run of the mill, uses data on a weekly, monthly, or quarterly basis, and doesn't really use it at its fullest capacity. With big data and predictive analytics, you can then leverage technology to be a better leader, to encourage your staff to perform at higher levels, and to be able to communicate what is going to happen in the future based on the models that have been developed. In the future, I'll go into more specifics about predictive analytics and how specific kinds of models can help you within your organization. But for now, I'll leave you there. And if you'd like to learn more about our organization at Arcos Analytics, you can go to our website at arcosanalytics.com, follow us on Twitter at Arcos Analytics or on LinkedIn. If you have any questions about predictive analytics or anything else, feel free to reach out to me at Caleb at Arcos Analytics, or you can feel free to reach out to my teammate Tatsuya at Todd at arcosanalytics.com.